Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 to verse 32. Let me pray for us, and then I'll get on to the reading of God's word. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to understand your word this morning. Lord Jesus, this word hits right at the heart of our relationships together. I pray that this word would indeed guide and guard us from uh, allowing the devil to take advantage of our wickedness and indeed tear us apart as believers. I pray that the words that come from our mouth will be pleasing to you this morning, O Lord. And I pray that I am able to be helpful, or you through your spirit are able to use me to be helpful to your people, that they may walk away from the hearing of God's word, enthusiastic about doing what pleases you. I pray and ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. The reading this morning from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 to 32 reads, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of you, of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate, to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. One of the things that make uh, Christianity unattractive, especially to those um, who are on the outside, is that it is, uh, it is presented or we presented ourselves as something that is very restrictive. Not a liberating religion. We present it as a, 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 a call to life where you are going to be told what not to do more than what to do. We call people to break from that which they've, uh, they may have considered good all of their lives, what they've always wanted to do. And we are telling them that in order to escape this bad thing which, go, which is going to happen in the future, do good now. Do what God wants now. Obey his laws now. That is an inadequate way of talking about Christ. Yes, 
God calls us to live in a certain way. But God calls us to live in that way for more than just to, uh, to, 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 to spoil, I don't know, our fun as it were. God calls us to live in that way because it is for our good. The Bible is a lot more nuanced. Our relationships with God calls us, yes, to put off sin. Yes, to not do certain things. But it calls us to more than that. It calls us to a better relationship, not only with him, but also with one another. God's laws are given for our good. For our good in one sense, in that our relationships with God now are, not, are no longer going to be... Um, uh, God's anger is not going to be laid upon us because we are now doing what pleases him. But God's laws are good for another reason as well. That they are beneficial for our relationships with one another. They call us to be more compassionate and loving people. And at times we miss that. They call us to be like Jesus who came down and died at the cross and forgave those who sinned against him. Even at his death, was pleading to God to forgive them. They call us to be better versions of ourselves, to be a force for good in the world. Sin is a problem in the world. If you, if you trace everything that is wrong with the world, right at the center of it is sin. Think of any problem. Right at the center of it is a heart that is corrupt, that is moved away from God. Whatever problem you can point to, whether it's gender-based violence or corruption, right at the center of it is a heart that is living in rebellion against God. Sin causes a problem, not only with our relationship with God, but also with our relationships with one another. This is why Paul has called us, therefore, us who have been saved, redeemed by God, to put off sin and to put on, to put on righteousness. This is the second part of a, um, a two-part sermon. The first part began in verses 17, where the encouragement there was that now that you are no longer a Gentile, you must therefore forsake your Gentile ways and live in ways that please God. We saw that in, uh, now we're no longer living in darkness. We have seen the light. So therefore, live as children of the light. Let us live as those who have seen what is the right thing to do. We have been introduced, verse 23, to the idea that Christianity is about putting off the old self. The old self that sought to indulge itself, to do what it wanted, to indulge in wickedness, in all sorts of uh, depravity. 
in order that you may put on the new self, the self that wants to please God, the self that has been renewed in Christ. The theme, the, uh, the, the, the idea continues from what we saw last week. There were not very many uh, specific things last week with regards to what that looks like. But this week, all we see is what exactly does this look like? And it's, uh, it focuses specifically on our relationships with one another. Those who are in the community of believers. doesn't talk much about our relationship with God, but those, that, that is implied. That we are imitating God, for example, in the, la- in the last verse. But it's focusing on, and therefore, in light of this, in light of you having forsaken your wicked ways and having put on Christ and righteousness, what does it look like in your relationships together? Paul begins with a negative. What it looks like to put off, what kind of things to put off, and ends with a positive throughout this text of what to put on. The themes in verses 25 to 28 are repeated in verses 29 to 32. Those texts can be put side by side to explain what Paul means when he says, for an example, uh, you therefore must put off falsehood. He goes on in verses 20, uh, uh, 29 to explain exactly what that means. What falsehood does to relationships. So these texts are put on side by side. They are a movement from put off to put on. Don't do this so that you can do this. They are like a, the analogy I used last week, um, the, like a, a taking off those old clothes that smell, that are terrible, because now you have been adopted into this family and you are given new clothes so that you are acceptable before your family. So you no longer smell of the street. You now who has been adopted. Then what are these clothes then that you are to put on? Specifically. The first thing that I want us to see is in verses 25 and repeated in verse 29. We are to put on encouragement. To put on an encouraging demeanor. Verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. Remember I said that each verse here, which section is mirrored, in the section below, the mirror of that verse is verse 29, where it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their deeds, that, that it may benefit those who listen. If you look at verses 25, the, 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 the falsehood, the lies, depending on the version that you have in front of you. And if you look at verses 29, the unwholesome talk, 
the things that you are told to put off. Achieve the very same thing, don't they? The person who lies and the person who is engaged in unwholesome talk, the word, the, the word unwholesome there is one that does not build, is not conducive. Is, uh, 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 another version of this used in the Bible is, is unhealthy. It is sickening. It is destroying the person. Then you see that a person who lies, the one who tells falsehoods, and the one who is engaged in other talks, which may not necessarily be lies, but maybe, I don't know, rage, maybe um, uh, gossip, which is unhealthy, um, destroys, does not build. Those, that, those two people achieve the same thing in relationships. They are destroyers, both of them. The liar destroys by their deceit, by their, by their uh, concealing what is true and pretending perhaps to be something that they are not, by puffing up. When that, when that lie is revealed, what happens between you and the person who is a liar? Is that you become skeptical of them. The more they lie, you move further and further away from them. You start to see them as a person who has no value in life. A person to be avoided. A person that you would be wise not to follow their example. So, Paul says, therefore, each of you, for the sake of your relationships with one another, put off falsehoods. But instead, speak truthfully to your neighbor. Speak truthfully to those around you. Because all of you are members of one body. That verse there, explaining who is that neighbor. The one who belongs to the same body that you belong in. The one who is part of the family of believers. So as someone who has now been changed by God, put off falsehood, put off lies. Put off the 29 unwholesome talk. Put off everything that does not build others up. Only use your mouths for that which is going to build others up. That which is going to be for the benefit of the body. The body that you belong to as a believer. Your duty is to make sure that that body is healthy. It is being built up. That each member, each part, is doing its best to teach one another, to speak truth to one another in love. That the body of Christ may be built up. As we have seen from verses uh, um, 12 to, uh, to, to 17. So therefore, falsehoods destroy relationships. Which is why Paul turns and says, please put on encouragement. Let go of your old self which lied, which was not concerned with building up others. 
Put off the old self that was engaged in talks that were, quite frankly, destructive to the Christian community. But instead, do say that which is going to be helpful for building others up. It's a big challenge, isn't it, in our relationships with one another? As we talk over tea and coffee, over WhatsApp, over, um, you know, as we, as we sit and visit one another, are we building one another up? Or are we destroying one another? Are we being truthful with one another? Or are we being false with one another? Is our conversations with one another, are our conversations with one another filled with lies and exaggerations? Or are they filled with hope, encouragement? Imagine a friendship like this, a friendship with no lies, a friendship where each person is concerned with building up the other person, not tearing them down. Imagine uh, marriages like this. Imagine uh, work relationships like this. Paul says this is how your relationships with one another, those who belong to the family of God, ought to be. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is that Paul encourages us as believers to put on the Holy Spirit. The first thing was put, put, put on encouragement by not lying and not having unwholesome talk. The second thing is that now put on, put positively, the Holy Spirit. That is, put on God himself. And put off what? The devil. Verses 26 to 27 which is mirrored by 30 to 31. Verse 26 to 27. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Verse 30 to 31. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Do you notice there that the not giving the devil a way in and not grieving the Holy Spirit are mentioned in the context of relationships? Go back to it, verses 26, 27. It says, do not give the devil a foothold. How would you have done that? By doing the opposite of verse 20, 26. By letting the sun go down in your, ang- in your anger. By harboring anger and not working things out. By doing so, you are allowing the devil a foothold in the relationship. 
You are allowing the, 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 uh, the, the chasm to become wider and wider. We know all of this, isn't it? Don't you sometimes get angrier and angrier the more something is put off? And you start to think, how, how, how dare could this person, the more you ponder on it, is the angrier you get, is the further and further you move away relationally from that person. And Paul tells us that in that moment, the devil wins, the one who has come to destroy, not to build. The one who has come to bring strife, not unity. You are giving him a foothold, which is why you must, you must sort things out as soon as possible. This is not to say here that you must never, I don't know, go to bed angry with, with another Christian. It may be that sometimes you're offended at night. Uh, so, oh, I don't know. So, what, but what it means within this context here, this is something that was typically said by people in this context, is that you do not give anger an opportunity to simmer, to ferment. Because in that way, Wherever it ferments, it destroys the heart as it were. It rots relationships. But put positively or put negatively, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed in the day of redemption. When you became a believer, God deposited his spirit in you. And that spirit of God calls you that when you have angered someone, or you have been angered by someone, that you go and you speak to them. So, what does grieving the Holy Spirit look like? Looks like sitting there with that anger. While, you, while God is speaking in your heart and calling you to go and reconcile, go speak to that person. You grieve the Holy Spirit by ignoring him, the one who is in you, calling you to seek reconciliation. You grieve him by not going to that person, by letting the anger uh, ferment or fester. So therefore, as believers, the call to put on the Holy Spirit and do not give the devil an opportunity to destroy our relationships. You get rid, for example, of all, of all bitterness, rage, and brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice, by being willing to forgive, and at times be forgiven from what you have done. By not letting the sun go down on your anger and by not ignoring the spirit that is within you that calls you to seek reconciliation. But what we see later on in this text is that not only um, 
that we do not grieve the Holy Spirit, but we are to imitate God as well. We are to imitate what God has done, as we will see later on in the, um, um, in the verse. In verse 32 specifically. Which gets to our last point. The first point was to put on encouragement. The second one was to put on the Holy Spirit and not the devil. The third and last one is that to put on kindness. Be kind to one another. Which is 28, which is mirrored by verse 32. Verse 28. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you, just as Christ God forgave you. Notice there that the thief not only destroys their relationships with the members of the body by stealing, but they also rob themselves of an opportunity to show kindness towards others. The one who steals is causing others grief. But, but what Paul is calling them to do is that you here, you exist to build up the body, remember? So therefore, stop stealing, get a job that you may have an opportunity to show kindness to believers. This is sort of a, 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 a word demonstration of what, um, uh, a, 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 an action demonstration of what the word was supposed to do. Remember, the word was not supposed to uh, your, 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 your tongue, that is. You're not supposed to lie, to have unwholesome talk, but instead to build one another up. But now, with your actions, you're not supposed to steal, therefore causing grief. But you're supposed to work so that you may give to others. Paul is saying here, not only are your words supposed to build one another up, but your acts as well are supposed to build one another up. It's obvious that you would prefer to be given things than to be stolen from. You would prefer to be told the truth than lied to. You would prefer to be built up and encouraged rather than broken down. So the one who belongs to the family of God, therefore, is called to stop their stealing, to stop taking from others, but instead to work so that they can have something to share with others. They are called to show kindness, kindness which has been exemplified by Christ, who gave his life for others, who forgave others. They are called to be kind and compassionate, not 
be a, a, a cause of grief in their relationships with others. They are called to be kind and compassionate and not to cause others harm as they take and take from, from others. The thief here is challenged just as the, uh, the gossip, the one who uses his words to destroy others. God challenges and says, that is not being like Christ. You who take from others, that is not being like Christ. Christ gave. You who uses your words to destroy others, that is not being like Christ. Christ exemplified kindness by forgiving and enabling others to, um, to escape punishment from God. This passage, therefore, is a challenge to us in our relationships to be compassionate, to be loving, to be concerned with the welfare of others, just as God has been loving and concerned and compassionate towards us. It's a challenge to you and I to be thinking, how can I build that person up? Instead of, how can this relationship benefit me? How can I be other people-centered? That's what the thief will have to do. Instead of, how can I gain uh, some success quickly by exploiting this relationship with this individual. It's a challenge to you and I as we talk with one another to be thinking, am I building this person up or am I destroying them? This is a challenge uh, to most of us, I think, in the, in the room, who may not intentionally go out to say that I'm going to dis destroy this person. But may, may go out with no concern to build them up. Maybe so, so sort of apathetic to their well-being. As you see from the word of God here, you are encouraged to do better than merely be neutral in your relationship with one another. You are encouraged to be better than, um, than unconcerned. You are encouraged to do more than to just uh, make sure that you don't do harm. You are actually encouraged to do good for one another. To care for one another, to show compassion towards one another, to build one another up. Because that is not how God dealt with you. Christ didn't say, no, I'll, I'll do nothing because, you know, at least they, they, they'll be fine if I do nothing. He said, I'm not doing them harm. But instead, he actively came down, gave his life, forgave 
and left his spirit in us to continue to teach us, to remind us of that which Christ told us through his word. To do more for one another. To be forces for good in our relationships with one another. Not forces for bad. Let's pray and ask God to, um, to help us in this. Heavenly Father, your word really hits deep at our hearts. It encourages us to think more than just ourselves, but to consider the welfare of others. I pray that you would help us, Lord, as believers, to be seeking to build one another up. I pray that you would help us, Lord, as members of Christ Church, to be thinking each week, each Sunday, how can I be a force for good in the community that you have given me? It may mean at times a private message to that person to encourage them. It may mean uh, a lot more consciousness as we talk to one another and, and reminding ourselves to not only just speak, but to really hear one another and show genuine concern for one another's well-being. I, help, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to be community of believers that, it, that shows kindness and compassion to one another, that forgives one another and does not let, does not give the opportunity to the devil to destroy our relationships with one another. I pray and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please let us stand. We're going to sing now our, um, our last song together.